You fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown, the combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Doctor and not Doctor Zom. I don't think our combined weight would be that high. What? Uh, our combined weight would not be that high. I am not that high. No, We are back on Silver and Gold. I am the loaf, and with me is not Dr. Zom, but Mr. Gronky. Stepping in this week. Hello. <laughs> yeah, to cover his two, finally. I think you asked for these about like two years ago? Yes, um, forever. And, and instead of those initially, you gave us that shitty basketball, battle basketball movie. Uh-huh. That was so bad. Um, so yeah, we're going to do some cyberpunk movies this week, both from the glorious year of my high school graduation, 1995. I didn't realize they were from the same year. Yeah. Uh, Strange Days and Johnny Mnemonic. Exactly. Um, so this is like two and a half movies, so we'll talk about that soon. Um, Gronky, how are you this week, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Feel the chemistry. Um, I have some uh, some news. I my my news is I got a promotion at work. Wow! Yeah, so now I will be almost exclusively training little old ladies on how to use their new computers. That sounds terrible. (laughs) It's not bad. I like it. I've, uh, whenever I get the chance to do those tr- the training, I've always had fun with it, and uh, it's 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 pretty fun. They're like hour long sessions, and um, but I mean I'll be doing some other stuff too, some group training, and and I'll be able to be get cert- get certified in some uh, applications that I don't really know already. Like I'll learn Final Cut Pro for video editing and stuff like that. So, and um, I might you, get uh, to, you oh go ahead. Oh, it looks like I get to go to California for a week to do some training too. Nice. So, um, you need to uh, watch out because I used to do that for a job, actually. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I would go to Cincinnati to train groups of old ladies on how to use the software for the company I worked for. Oh, and man. I was frequently sexually harassed. They would get <laughs> nice. liquored up uh, in the evenings and slap me on the butt and ask me to go back to their hotel room. So, and uh, how many times did you do it? None. <laughs> oh, they were disgusting. So, oh, well, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, but uh, I, I'm excited about the, uh, the the upgrade, so to speak. So, uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, 
So yeah, the uh, Zom couldn't make it this week. Uh, I still haven't gotten in, in full touch with him. I got a quick message saying that this weekend wasn't looking good, so I don't know what's going on. I haven't heard back from him since, so hopefully everything's cool. Um, so uh, it, these were Gronky's picks. He was planning on being in the show anyway, but yes. uh, now he is uh, he is the Zom this week. So good. Uh, we'll get we'll get to those movies soon, um, as we do usually. We'll talk about things we've been watching. I know that. Um, as we already discussed a little bit, you are far more a television fan than movie <laughs> fan. So, um, watched anything interesting there this week, or reading any good books or comics or anything? Uh, I've been watching a lot of television. As I said, I probably consume about as much TV as you do movies per week. Uh, so, <laughs> good shows. Um, the Leftovers has been good on HBO. Uh, that's a new series that just started the season. Uh, it's about mm-hmm. What would happen if 2% of the population suddenly disappeared? Uh, they haven't identified if it's like a rapture or whatever. They just disappeared. And so it's like this small town dealing with the consequences of that. Um, the Strain on FX, which is uh, based off the Guillermo del Toro novel of the same name. So it's about vampires. That's on I FX. Need to, I need to check that one. Is it pretty gory? Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a guy who gets his fucking face like pummeled. It was graphic for like huh. the holy fuck this is on FX and it's like a guy's getting his face smashed. To I bits. need to check that out. I've heard it, I've heard really good things. Um, I'm also watching Extant, which is I think it's on ABC. It's got Halle Berry in it about Ooh. she's an I know I know. <laughs> um, that's the one thing that's keeping me from really enjoying this show. She's a uh, astronaut who goes up into space for 13 months and she comes back and she's pregnant. And so they Ooh. don't know why she's pregnant. Maybe it's like an alien baby or space. That might be cool. That something. sounds kind of neat. So, um, and then uh, my wife is rewatching Lost. So we've been watching that. Nice. So yeah, just you know, just skip the last it. episode. Exactly. Uh, but that's it. Yeah, as far as TV shows, I think that's that covers almost everything. Oh, cool. Any good any good reads or anything going on there? I'm reading the Damnation Game. Uh, I don't know when the fuck that came out, like 1985 or something. Clive Barker is one of his first mm-hmm. books. Uh, it's supposed to be this horror, horrific horror novel. Like it's got all these quotes in the back that's like Clive Barker is the master of horror, blah 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 blah. You know. <laughs> and I'm like halfway through it, and nothing's happening. There was a pretty explicit sex scene, uh, but that's it. You know. Was, and I'm like, was that one ever made into a movie? No, it hasn't. No. But uh, it was. It's kind of like Hellraiser. Like I, also, I okay. have Hellbound Heart, which was the uh, that's the short story that Hellraiser came from. But uh, yeah, this is kind of along the same vein. But huh. so, yeah, it wasn't made into a movie. Um, I I hardly watch shit this week, and I'm not sure exactly why. Um, well, I do know one reason why. So I think I I think I said that I got a new uh, Wii U a few weeks ago, and it didn't work out of the box. Uh-huh. Um. It kind of worked out of the box. I did an update, and and the, after the update, the controller wouldn't connect to it anymore. And um, it was it was one of these limited edition bundles with Mario Kart Eight in it that has a steering wheel and all this stuff. And anyway, the um, so I had to send it off to get it repaired because there was not another one anywhere near here to exchange it. So um, I um, I finally got it back. Um, I was uh, the UPS guy actually knocked on the door and woke me up. Scared the shit out of me, but um, luckily I didn't have to, you know, go dig it from the office here at the apartment complex. But 
Anyway, I got it back, and uh, I was—I I guess I started playing a shitload of uh, Super Mario something and uh, and um, Mario Kart Eight, making myself a little motion sick. Um, <laughs> I started taking some good. ginger pills good. to see if it'll help. Uh, but it, the game, that game is really good. Mario Kart Eight is really fun. The, the tracks are pretty crazy. I don't know. I've I've not played. I haven't played a ton of the Mario Karts after the Nintendo 64 version. I played um, the Wii one. Is it is it is there only one Wii one or? Uh, I don't know. I used okay. to have a Wii like three or four years ago, back when they were first coming out, and I had yeah. the Mario Kart Wii, whatever the fuck you call it. Yeah, they, there was like a double dash one where you have two people on a cart at once. I think uh, that was that was on one system. I, maybe that was GameCube. Um, they, uh, but this one's cool. I don't know if they've done this on any of the other ones, but there are the tracks are sometimes go either like you'll be driving on a wall or completely upside down. Um, that's so crazy. Yeah, it's 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 pretty neat. Like it has a you you run over a place on the track and the wheels of the car actually like rotate under you and turn into like I don't know. They look like you're like a hovercraft, but. Uh-huh. Um, that kind of the, that's the kind of thing when the screen turns like that. It, that's the part that would make you motion sick if you're prone to that. So, but it's still a lot of fun, and it's 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 done smoothly, so it's not ridiculous. Like I don't get super sick like I would if I was playing on an older system without the frame rate or whatever. So yes. I've been having fun with it. Um, but besides that, I watched, and I don't know why I did it. I, I saw them sitting there, and I, I know Zom watched this one this week too. We both watched it this exact same day randomly. Um, uh, good guys wear black. I have um, never heard of that. It's it's a Chuck Norris movie from 1978. Um, he is John T. Booker. Um, he let's see an ex U.S. Army commando. He is a black tiger, by the way. Must find the reason why his comrades from his unit are being systematically murdered before he is next. Uh, this is not very good. Sounds um, like every Chuck Norris movie. Yeah, it, well, oddly enough, the next one I watched, another Chuck Norris movie, has a very similar plot where friends of his keep getting picked off one by one, and he's the last one. Uh, <laughs> What's the, the one where he, uh, he has to like rescue his guys in the jungle or something? Doesn't he have one um, like that? Is that one Delta Force? Yeah, or? Delta Force. Delta Force. Yeah, I think there's, <laughs> there's a there's a few of those. There's yes. three Delta Force movies, and um, one of them what, what's the one where he's in the plane and Robert Forster plays a plays a Middle Eastern terrorist. I don't know. Um, the that might be this one. Yep, Robert Forster. That's Delta Force. That's that that one has takes place partly on a plane. And he's in, he's in brown face, basically playing a terrorist. Um, good guys wear black. I I knew of this movie only because I saw an interview with Aaron Norris, his uh, Chuck Norris's younger brother, where he talked about the. There's a uh, pretty famous stunt in this where he jumps over the hood of a car and to kick a guy through the windshield. Um, and I saw an interview with Aaron. Nor- Aaron Norris was at this time Chuck's stunt double uh-huh um and i just saw an interview where uh, i mean live like i went to a film thing an action film festival a few years ago and he was there talking about and he talked about this uh this particular scene but it's pretty legendary and he said he said he uh he had to do it 
quite a few times, and it was it was very painful every time. It was obvious it wasn't a real windshield because they don't break that way, but it was definitely glass, and he really did kick straight through <laughs> straight through glass and kick nice. the guy in the front seat. It was pretty cool. Uh, the movie, not so much. Chuck Norris is really, he's really bad. Um, because what worked better with his 80s movies is that they realized, like with Missing in Action or Action, Invasion USA or any of those, they realized that he wasn't, like, I think that took him a while to finally realize he was just going to not be a good actor ever. So they didn't try. Like, they just made his characters act that way. Uh-huh. In these movies, not so much. He's tar- he's trying to act and act emotional at times, and it's uh-huh. pretty it's pretty terrible. Um, the other one I watched was A Force of One. This one, they're both on Netflix. Uh-huh. In this one, he's a, um, he's a, Kickbox, a professional kickboxer and a martial arts instructor, and there's a another professional or a uh, some kind of karate expert that is assassinating people, and they try to they they want his help. The cops want his help, and um, this one had some better, I guess, better pedigree as far as actors go. It had uh, Ron O'Neill in it from Superfly, nice. <laughs> so he's kind of a face. Um, and uh, but Chuck Norris is. He's really bad in this one too, but um, Bill Wallace is pretty entertaining. Superfoot Wallace, he was um, another of that era, like a, a karate champion. Like, and his kicks are pretty crazy. I posted an image on the group of Bill Wallace, like doing this. Like, he he basically was like showing Chuck Norris the bottom of his foot at a party. Uh-huh. It was pretty cool. It's like this side kick. His foot, foot is like two inches from Chuck's uh, Chuck's mouth. So. And he has the mustache in both movies, no beard. So, I think the more maybe I think somebody said the more facial hair he got, the better his actor, the better his movies were. Well, that's that's the uh, that's the uh, Riker effect. You know, yeah, the yeah. season he grew the beard, like in season yeah. two of Star Trek. No, no, uh, the clean shaven Riker was never as entertaining. Although his that was horrible. His little his little like skinny pants were entertaining <laughs> all the time. He liked um, the tight pants. Have you heard of a movie called Silent Rage? Yes, we uh, we reviewed that one. Okay, like very early on. Because I read the description um, and that sounds ridiculous. It is pretty ridiculous, but it's pretty good. It's one of the better ones I've seen. Um, there's a there's a cool bar fight in it, and uh, the um, William Finley. He's the guy. He he's from um, what is that movie? Phantom of the Paradise. Uh, he. He plays a scientist in that one. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, it's a it's kind of an action horror movie. Uh, one of Chuck's better ones, as far as his, if it's not just a straight up action movie. None of his movies are that great, but uh-huh. if you go in with a certain frame of mind, I still need to see Firewalker, like the yeah. Indiana Jones ripoff he did with uh, <laughs> Lewis Gossett Jr. Um, but unfortunately, that's all I watched. I have been reading this book. I'm almost done with it. Um, I think I mentioned it last week, this, the Don Fargo book, this um, old 50s, 60s wrestler. Well, he really wrestled into the 80s, I think, but he led a pretty interesting life. Uh, yeah, he talks about a lot of nudity, <laughs> a lot of drugs, uh-huh. stuff like that. Um, he seemed like a pretty interesting guy. I've seen his interviews before, and um, you know, I don't know if that I'd want to know him in real life because he'd probably be one of those guys that you just don't ever want to hang around because he's always doing something ridiculous. But he's entertaining to listen to tell stories anyway. So, mm-hmm. but it's a pretty cool book. 
Um, but that's it. That's all I watched. So, quick little intro this week. Um, which movie do you want to cover first? You got a preference? I do not have a preference. Let's do Strange Days since I have that tab open first. Okay. We, uh, we'll be right back with a little discussion of a very long movie, Strange Days. We'll be right back. Ahoy, mateys. This is K.A.B., Antonio Bay. Stevie Wayne here, beaming a signal across the sea. I'll be here playing music all through the witching hour. I'm still waiting to hear from that weatherman. But in the meantime, stay here with me. Be sure to visit our sponsor, Paracinema Magazine. They're the source for all your genre movie needs. Check them out online at paracinema.net. Tell them Stevie sent you. Keep me turned on for a while, and I'll do my best to do the same for you. The smooth sound. Fabulous. 
that kind of feel. Definitely Minority know, Report. I think, yeah, the last, like, 2003, 2004, I can't think of anything much after that. Um, Elysium. Was yeah, the Elysium, last in the, and I guess, I guess Snowpiercer in a way. Uh, Dread is definitely, I think, kind of a cyberpunk movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, in the the Sly and the new one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but it kind of, yeah, there haven't been a lot in the past 10 years or so, and it was really big in the in the late 90s. So it's really cool. I mean, it was something that came out, you know, when when the computer, like, revolution was happening, mm-hmm. you know, and people were, like, examining the implications of technology and the Internet and the World Wide Web, you know, and those sort of this dystopian viewpoint that, you know, everyone's going to have implants, you know, and hack into the net and jack in and, you know, all this <laughs> shit. So it's really cool. I like it. I, I miss... 90s internet you know like i kind of i yearn for back when the internet was like this this sort of strange place where you could hang out with all the bunch of nerdy friends like before everyone and their fucking moms and shit got on the online you know yeah so i i I miss that before they came to harass me that facebook is too slow on their phone exactly the fucking candy crush and bullshit (laughs) um so yeah this is uh as i said directed by uh, Catherine Bigelow, who I don't know, we haven't done any of her movies on the show. Um, she's famous for Point Break, and no, we did, we for did, we did The Loveless. It was one of her. Oh. That was her first feature length yeah. movie. Because I mean, she did um, Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty, which were yeah, 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 fairly well known. <laughs> Hurt Locker, I did, Hurt Locker, I enjoyed Zero Dark Thirty. I still never saw because I've I heard the. I just assumed that it would make me sick to watch it. Have you seen K-19, The Widowmaker? No. Starring Harrison Ford? <laughs> I have not. Um, and I, I honestly have never even seen Point Break, and I've been what? saving it. I know. I've been saving it to do on the show at some point. So uh-huh. I've been, I, I just want to make my my uh, Point Break cherry. I want to have it be broken by the show. So. What I think is weird, which I just realized, I looked at both of their uh, IMDb filmographies. They both directed new order videos but different ones who who both directors the johnny mnemonic director and Catherine bigelow have both directed new order music videos huh i wonder if they when when, when, uh what year were those videos 89 they both directed um so he did uh robert longo he did bizarre love triangle and Mm -hmm. she did touched by the hand of god which i've honestly never heard of but hmm. that's really weird. I was like, what? <laughs> I don't know. That's yeah. a weird coincidence. I did not intend that to happen. So, Well, you didn't intend to have them ha- both happen in 1995. Uh, yeah. Released in 95 either. Yeah. Um, so you have Ray Fiennes, who is a, I guess at this point, um, the, the movie takes place in 99, uh, the, literally the, a, the, a day before the new year of uh, 2000. And, um, he is, uh, I don't know. Do they call it? Do they call it virtual reality? No. They call it. Well, he like deals in like discs of people's memory. I guess it's virtual reality. It's sort of um, you just put on this thing and you experience the. Yeah, the, it's this. It's the. It's this. It looks kind of like a like a. Honestly, what it made me think of is the the face huggers from Alien, but they're it, they're these. The, they have like spider-like limbs. Well, they're called like squids. 
squids. There you go. Superconducting quantum interface device. And you put these on your head from your forehead back, and they not you not only witness whatever is play. It it, it it plugs into what looks just like a big CD player, sort of, and they look like mini discs. I forgot who was it. TDK. I forgot the brand name on them that they showed. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they you plug in, and when you close your eyes, you actually not you not only see what's on this disc, but you also whoever recorded it was also wearing whatever this is, and you experience their like their emotions and their feeling, their their their, their sensations, their that sort of thing as well. So he's like a dealer of this of these of this stuff. Discs, yeah. Right. And so I, I didn't understand exactly why it was illegal. Did they ever explain why that I, these discs are illegal? Well, no, I just I don't think so. But I'm guessing it's just because it's like exploitation like, and shit, and like you're you know dealing in pornography and violence and everything. You know, yeah. they, they open with that. That awesome uh, bank robbery clip. Uh, the bank robbery clip followed by the nice first-person lesbian titty movie. Exactly. Uh, and uh, <laughs> they actually had to develop a lot of uh, uh, Steadicam stuff to do this because they wanted to uh, you know, make it very smooth and everything. There were some good, um, especially considering you know this movie is 20 years old, um, some good first-person type stuff in it that's not like Blair Witch shaky at all. I mean, yeah. some of it gets a little bit, bit that way, but um, there's some, uh, later on especially, there's some pretty impressive camera work when there's a, I'm not going to say who it is or who's involved, but there's a chase, there's a foot chase with so, the person is be, that is being chased has one of these recording devices on. So you see her uh, getting chased and I'm not sure exactly how they did it. She runs in front of a train. Um, I mean, like just in time, you know, the, that old movie thing with yeah. crossing the tracks right before the other person. But it looked good. Like, uh, I was pretty impressed with the angles they got. I don't know how if it was edited together a certain way, um, but it was pretty impressive, I think, however they put it together. Um, there's, a, there's a quote at the beginning I liked. Uh, you hear a guy on the radio. Um, well, not only in this kind of... Uh, ties into current events now with the, you you see these people kind of already going nuts but they're the police are completely militarized in this movie like they all mm-hmm. have these they're driving tanks around and they've have machine guns and body armor and all this mm-hmm. shit and I'm, and I'm, I I imagine in you know 20 years ago people would look at it and think it looked a little a little ridiculous yeah and now not now it's kind of it's becoming commonplace and I know I mean that's uh you know one of the the father of cyberpunk, uh, William Gibson. He's the one who wrote, actually he wrote Johnny Mnemonic, which we'll be talking about later. Um, mm-hmm. He coined the term cyberspace. He predicted reality television. He predicted, you know, this rise of like internet culture and everything. So it's nice. kind of interesting how these, these films are sort of mirroring reality now, you know, we're, we're, yeah. we're heading into the cyberpunk. Um, there's a, there's a, there's a guy, a voice on the radio complaining that gas is over three bucks a gallon and that there's kids shooting each other at school. Oh, that's terrible. Three dollars. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I was just noticing the other day that it was down, my ga- the gas was near here down to like 342. I was like, oh, it went down in price. So, mm-hmm. um, you get, uh, you get introduced to a couple of, um, sweaty cops in this too. Vincent D'Onofrio, D'Onofrio, he's, he's skinny, but he looks gross. He's very greasy. <laughs> Um, and then the dude with him is William, named, William Fichtner. 
Fickner. Now, where do I know him from? Because he's one of those faces that I think I've seen him in like 8,000 things. Yeah, he's, he's been in 8,000 things. He was in, uh, he most notably, I think a lot of people would know him from, uh, he was in Dark Knight. He was the mm, bank mm, at the beginning. He was the bank guy who, who I, the Joker killed. At the I beginning. know exactly who, what when I saw his face. What I actually thought of him first from, from was Drive Angry with Nicolas Cage. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that. Okay, it's 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 not good, but good, mm-hmm. if, that, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's awesome in it, and he plays the accountant, is his name in that movie. Um, it's, it's, it's fun. It's pretty stupid. And Amber Heard's shorts are gigantic. <laughs> um, she, needed, she needed much smaller shorts. Um, so, whoops, the... So uh, finds, like I, like we're saying, deals in these illegal discs. There, he's like a drug dealer essentially. Now, there's this. It's a kind of a double-edged sword with how this is done because, for me anyway, I know you've seen this a lot. This was the first time I'd seen it. This movie has so many different directions that it could go, and it kind of tries to take all of them. Yeah. Um, which is why it ends up being so long. I think um, it really th- there was a there's a shorter, better movie mixed in here. But you have this, you have him with this um, addiction slash obsession with a past person in his life. Definitely could have gone that way. You've got this grander scheme, this grander uh, theme of. Uh, riots of race relations in Los Angeles, which is you know totally playing off the LA riots, I'm sure of the, just mm-hmm. a few years prior to this. And um, you've got another kind of love story that gets woven in there. It, I don't know. It's it, and then the and then the whole this whole other story involving uh, you know, I guess uh, Sizemore and his hair. Another story involving him. <laughs> it kind of ties back to the original. Well, it, it, I don't know. It's it's yeah. There's it's a lot a little, of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and they shovel a lot of things in. Like it really takes its time the first hour, and then they shovel a lot of shit in in the last like 25 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I I, I liked it for the the cyberpunk aspects of it, and I think yeah. that all the extra stuff they added in um, kind of takes away from it. I liked it for you know the story of a you know loser guy who deals in you know, illicit hardware who gets in on a bad deal, you know, and he's set up and he's got to find his way out of it. That's, that's the portion of the film that I liked. And I think yeah. the, the, the way they try to tie it into this sort of revolutionary, you know, changing of the face of the United States or whatever, with this sort of people standing up to the government, I think is that was, didn't need to be told. So. If, if, if they had focused on one of those or the other as a instead of both, I think it would have made a big difference. It would uh, it could have been interesting either way. Um, but uh, Fines is is good. It's always weird hearing him with a with a, tr- doing an American accent mm-hmm. um, because most things I've ever seen him in, he's doing some other sort of accent, either you know his native British or you know he was in um, Schindler's List doing mm-hmm. German and yeah, so. It's always strange for me to hear him speaking with a just a regular American accent, but um, he uh, he has a friend. Um, uh, uh, what is his friend's name? Um, I'm talking about Sizemore's character. Oh, 
Max. Max, yeah. And he looks totally ridiculous with long hair. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I know as Sizemore got got on a bit, um, he 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 kind of lost some of his uh, I don't know on screen charisma. He kind of seemed to dial it in a little bit, but he was still kind of uh, energetic here. Little skin, still a little skinny too. He he wasn't as he he got a little bigger as time went on too. But um, I'd say like starting around like the late in the late nineties is when he kind of started cashing paychecks. It seems. God damn! I just looked at his IMDb. This dude, he's in like eight movies a year ever since two thousand. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, he's got this buddy Sizemore who is a private investigator, and one thing. You know, I did complain about the length of the movie. One thing I did appreciate about it was that how they they do take their time with revealing certain characteristics or p- the past of certain people. Now, mm-hmm. uh, Bigelow does rely a lot on flashbacks in it, which can dis- can detract. But it's 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 interesting in that you don't learn everything there is to know about everybody from the get go. Um, it's kind of like it's it's kind of it's not it's not force fed all at once, unlike the, some of the plot elements. But I like the I like the fact that they develop the characters slowly, and you learn about them almost through the entire movie. Yeah, well, they use the uh, the the squid device sort of as a, a method for revealing. Right, that. right, right, right. And you get and and using that device, you do get to, you get to see Ra, uh, Ray Fiennes in a pretty spectacular do rag in one of his movies. Exactly. <laughs> And and uh, uh, inline skates or, or rollerblades, <laughs> you know the cyberpunk films left in the '90s. I think rollerblades essentially did too. Exactly. Did you ever rollerblade? Oh hell yeah! I was huge uh. into it. I did a lot of. I actually did a lot of uh, uh, like aggressive inline skating, so like going on the half pipes and going down rails and stuff. Uh, I was huge into it in high school. So nice. Yeah. I never did. I never did any of that. Um. I love the I love the quote he says like when in the middle of it with when there's he's still in drug dealer uh, phase when he says I'm your magic man the Santa Claus of the, of the subconscious <laughs> thought that was yeah. a cool uh, cool yeah. line um, Juliet uh, Juliet Lewis appears here she is it's not spoiling anything to say she's a love interest and this is like her prime when she came in wasn't it this is right around the time when she this was is huge. right. This is right after um, um, the uh, Natural Born Killer. So, yeah, this, I mean, is, this her is the prime. year after. And I have to say, I definitely enjoyed her more in Natural Born Killers. Although she is really, she's pretty hot when he ha- when he's watching that movie and she's uh, rollerblading in that tiny little shirt and and the uh, the bikini bottoms. Who who she's would do nice that? Legs and I, I don't know. If you fell, oh my god, that would hurt like hell. <laughs> she must have known what she was doing. Exactly. Um, but she was pretty hot there, but I, she is not good in this movie. Like she, she gives a speech early on that was pretty brutal. And then as the movie goes on, I'm like, fuck, that wasn't just that speech. Like she just bad the whole time. Yeah. I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, did she put in a, she put in a good performance you thought in natural born killers? Cause I mean, she well, always yeah, seems she to was... play this like, like ditzy sort of, drunk she delivers her words very slurred it's very weird yeah and i think she was um well she was better in that because she really was like nuts and was like yeah. you know 
scream and cry and in this one her yelling and stuff is just like there's one line that really made me cringe later on it uh, she literally says there's a fight going on and she's like oh god i can't believe this is happening (laughs) (laughs) and i was just oh god it was bad um but you know she is eye candy, I guess. Uh, she has a big forehead, but yeah, well, <laughs> and tiny, she does. If you're into boots. it, yeah. If you're into it, she does. She is topless a few times. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't. I, I obviously, since this is my first time doing this with you, I, I don't know how much of the the film we can give away here. But we, I, we try not to spoil at all. Yeah. Like really, at all. I mean, she she you know was presented obviously as the main love interest of yeah. of him. You know, and he was pursuing her over the course of the film. And then with the way the film ends, without giving anything away, the film ends and you're like, wait, where did Juliet <laughs> Lewis go? You know? Because it's like she was, I, he did all this shit for her. You know? All this shit he right. went through was to get her back. He was like obsessed <laughs> with her. And then it's like, what the hell is going we, on at the end? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just disappeared. Um, and then um, you have um, the other the other main character, which uh, you even see on the poster, is Angela Bassett. And for me... She was really the highlight of the movie. I thought she was pretty pretty good. They gave her some pretty well. They gave everybody some pretty atrocious lines at times in this movie, but she, uh, for what she was given, I thought she did a pretty gr- a pretty great job um, doing the emotional scenes and stuff like that. Her character was a little confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't. She seems to be not only an expert at fighting and guns, but also at driving. And she used to be a waitress, apparently. So. I don't know where she learned her, her trade. Right. Because she said, this is what I do. And, and I was like, what is it you do? Because we saw a flashback and you were wearing a, a, a waitress outfit. And now you're a, a chauffeur. And so she's excellent at driving because yeah. she's a chauffeur. And she also knows how to kick ass and use handguns. Well, the, the uh, <laughs> Wikipedia describes her as a bodyguard and combat specialist. Whatever that means. So uh, there you go. Who also drives a limo and waits tables? I mean, what I thought was really interesting about this movie is it it was such a commercial failure, but it did get pretty good reviews. I mean, it so it cost forty two million. It netted eight million at the box office. Ooh. So that was pretty bad. <laughs> um, but Roger Ebert gave it four out of four stars. Oh wow! So it it got you know it got very good reviews. So. Uh, it was very interesting. I, I guess people didn't weren't really in the mood for it, or they were weirded out by it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, not every movie that came out in in the mid '90s was the the two and a half hour. You know, now every fucking blockbuster is two and a half hours long. But that's why I was so excited about that uh, Tom Cruise movie, The Edge of Tomorrow, when I found out it was an hour and forty two or something like that. Yeah. Like, yes, finally. <laughs> um, but uh, not that I'm not, that, and, I, and I've said this a lot. But not that I'm against long movies. But some movies don't need to be long, and I don't know that this one needed to be so long. Yeah, I mean, sometimes they drag. It really depends on the pacing. So yeah, and the pacing is weird in this because, like I said, the first hour is really all like getting to know you and exposition stuff before any like major stuff starts to happen. And mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I have a quote written here that Michael Wincott says his name in the movie is Philo Gant. And the name is gross, and he is just gross in it, too. I always did think he looked like he'd smell like an ashtray. Um, and it, he looks kind of like... Um, Michael Wincott always looks like uh, Billy Drago for some reason. I kind of <laughs> confuse them for some reason. Uh, 
Billy Drago not he doesn't quite have the uh, filmography that, that Wincott does, but mm-hmm. um, Wincott's pretty gross in this. Everybody's got long hair. This movie's very. If you like to spot uh, '90s tropes and fashion and stuff like that, <laughs> you're you're in for a treat with this one because not only is it filmed in the '90s, but it also takes place. So they didn't even bother trying to make it look too futuristic. His uh, uh, finds Armani jacket suit with all that like paisley pattern and shit is just hideous and like oh it's yeah there's and the music the music in both movies uh, made me laugh because there's a, there's stage performances in both and they all reek of 90s they're oh, all yeah. uh yeah it, it, it's they're fun and and julia juliette lewis um she's a singer i guess <laughs> and a prostitute. Good God, though but, that oh, I forgot. I just remembered how fucking hot that one performance she does, where she's in like that see-through like, like chainmail, chain and tank she's got like, she's, like yep. a see-through chainmail thing and like a thong, and that's what she's performing it. And it's like Jesus, <laughs> that was nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, every every single piece of music in this movie is definitely uh, has not is dripping with nineties. Um, one thing I did think was funny is uh, I don't know if everybody's houses and everything are just all like lo- centrally located in uh, downtown Los Angeles, but they get around LA faster than I've ever seen anywhere. <laughs> LA is known for its traffic. These do these guys, uh, I'll just say finds ends up in the same building after having left to go s- to somebody else's house about four times all in one evening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not sure that could happen in reality, but whatever. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, they, they do, they, they, they shovel a lot into the last 20 minutes. So I, I think, I think with a good editing job, this could be a better movie, but uh, I'll let you fill in anything that you want to talk about here with it. Uh, what was the uh, Philo quote that you had? He said you had a oh, quote. Oh, I never, I never mentioned it. He said, uh, the only time a woman should open her mouth is when she's giving head. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's pretty pretty sleazy. Mm-hmm. Not too bad. Uh, yeah, no, I, I liked it. Like I said, it was uh, a little long, a little bit. I think it was very ambitious in its yeah. sort of larger message. Um, but you know, what can you do? What I, what I thought was going to be the climax of the movie was probably my favorite part. There's a, there's a, a, a bit with a, with a knife that I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. There's a, and then they, there's a second climax. Uh, but, uh, I thought that, uh, that might've been my, my favorite scene of the movie that the whole, that whole, uh, sequence there, I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't. So you don't have anything else. I'm done. I got it. Okay, got it covered. Um, <laughs> we can uh, let's. Well, let's just rate it. We rate out of ten. Um, let's see. I uh, like I said. I hadn't seen this before, and I think there's two good movies packed into one movie here. Um, I, I'd give it like a, a a six and a half. I enjoyed it. Um, it is. It is. Does need some uh, more time being cut though. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I was gonna say six out of ten. So. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm a, even though I'm a fan of cyberpunk, I mean I, I'm pretty strict when I rate movies anyway. So, what uh, uh, would would you have always? Do you think given this a six? Does this have any nostalgic? Uh, I mean, value yeah, for you? you know, I I enjoy like all these '90s n- movies like that. I actually, just watch. I forgot to mention I watched Hackers last night. Um, you know, and that's definitely a movie. That, mm-hmm. I think that came out in '95. Also, it gives me a nice nice burst of '90s you know technology nostalgia. So I like it for that. You know. 
But if I was rating it on a how good of a movie it is, I would have to say six out of ten. Well, so. yeah, or, or I, in, in the way I rate, I don't. I know Zom rates a little differently than me, but the way I rate is how I enjoyed it too. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, and, and uh, I can still, you know, I can still give a shitty movie a seven if I liked it. You know, so <laughs> yeah, I certainly enjoy the movie. I like it. Okay. I think it's an enjoyable thing to watch. So yeah, um, and it's on it's on Netflix. So um, you, uh, check it out if that's your if that's your bag, Daddy O. Um, all right, let's take a break and we'll come back and do a, what I thought was going to be a similar movie, but <laughs> quite different. Exactly. Uh, Johnny Mnemonic. We'll be right back. There are a lot of podcasts out there that do science fiction, horror, and fantasy movies, but how many of them are done by somebody who's been watching this shit for half a century? Hi, my name's Terry Frost, and I do the Martian Drive-In Podcast, a podcast where I look at silent films all the way through to movies from the second decade of the 21st century. I look at fantasy, horror, and science fiction, and talk about them, sometimes with a guest, sometimes by myself, but always with an eye to the stuff that maybe has slipped off your radar, if it was ever on your radar. So go to marsdrivein.blogspot.com or type Martian Drive-In Podcast into iTunes and enjoy a bit of decent genre talk. And keep watching the skies. I like watching The Crow again now. Actually, you know what? I, I think I'm going to watch Existence. Oh, that's a good cyberpunk. I almost recommended that one, too. It's it's on Netflix as well. Yeah, that's a good one. Never seen it. <laughs> that's a Cronenberg. Uh, yeah, yeah. I love Cronenberg. Jude Law. Um, mm. All right. Uh, Johnny Mnemonic. Now, I watched possibly a different version than you might be familiar with. So, Johnny Mnemonic, 1995. Um <clears throat> the voice, the voice. <clears throat> a data courier, literally carrying a data package inside his head, must deliver it before he dies from the burden or is killed by the Yakuza. Uh, directed by Robert Longo, who I'm not sure I've seen anything by. Haven't. Um, let's see. No, oh, that. this is the only thing. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. No, this was his first and last exactly. feature film. But he also did a New Order music video. So He also did a New Order music video. Um, this is starring uh, Keanu Reeves. Back to, if I was talking about Chuck Norris being wooden, holy shit. Um, Keanu Reeves and Dina Meyer. 
Ice T. There's um, actually I, the thing that surprised me most about this film is the fucking cast. It's amazing. There's yeah, so there's many a lot of here. fucking people. Uh, Takeshi Kitano, who uh, was a comedian turned uh, director in Japan, um, who has a really interesting role in this one. Udo Kier, who would by this point in his career would be in any fucking thing. Um, uh, Henry Rollins playing <laughs> a doctor Rollins. named Spider. And the highlight for me, fucking Dolph Lundgren as Street Preacher. Oh, yeah. Wow. A cybernetic we'll get to that. Street Preacher. <laughs> we'll get to that. So, uh, what did you think of, uh, and this is obviously your pick as well, uh, what did you think of Johnny Mnemonic? And I, I will say before you start, I, re- I was reading a little bit about this beforehand uh-huh. and saw that this movie was first released in Japan by a couple months, and the cut that they eventually released in the United States was different uh, yes. by 10 minutes. Exactly. So I actually I went and found the, 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 the American cut is on Netflix. I went and found the, I borrowed the Japanese edit of it. So this is now I, the only time I've seen it, but I've only seen the Japanese cut. So I know there's some things different, but we'll talk about that maybe. Uh, so this movie was based off a of William Gibson short story. Uh, so I don't, I don't ever know how good those are when they get ad- ad- uh, adapted from short stories, but, um, <laughs> yeah, so this is like a pure cyberpunk. So this is straight from the source, straight from William Gibson. So that's why I liked it. I love this movie. Um, I know it's kind of corny. It actually yeah. might not be too good, but it's so nineties. And it's so yes. like cyberpunk. Like it's got everything. All the formula for a cyberpunk is in this. It's got like a, da- a data courier. It's got uh, civil unrest. It's got you know cor- mega corpse. You know you know how you know a good movie when they got the fucking scrolling <laughs> at the beginning and it's like the year is twenty twenty one. Corporations control it. You know it's like holy so, shit. It's gonna be great. That's one. Di- that one difference I did see. The even the the text at the beginning is different between the two cuts because I started watching the American one and then immediately went and found the Japanese one and they changed the the text at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, on the Netflix one, it says uh, second decade of the twenty first century, corporations rule. the 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 world is threatened by a new plague, NAS, nerve attenuation syndrome, fatal epidemic. Its cause and cure unknown. The corporations are opposed by the low techs. A resistant, and this kind of synopsizes too, so, a resistance movement risen from the streets, hackers, data pirates, guerrilla fighters in the info wars. The corporations defend themselves. They hire the Yakuza. Uh, hang on. <laughs> the most powerful of all crime syndicates. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they sheath their data in black ice. What? Lethal viruses waiting to burn the brains of intruders. Yeah, that's but weird. I don't even know where that comes up. <laughs> <laughs> but the low techs wait in their strongholds, their one stronghold, the old broken down bridge in Newark, New Jersey, exactly. uh, in the old city cores, like rats in the walls of the world. This is really a lot more epic than the movie. Uh, the most valuable information must sometimes be entrusted to mnemonic couriers, elite agents who smuggle data in wet wired brain implants. They never say what wet wiring is either. Uh, you don't even need to know that. It's. It goes and in the, the brain. The, the <laughs> Japanese one is a lot simpler. It says, uh, New Century, Age of Terminal Capitalism. The armored towers of multinational corporations rise above the ruins of democracies that gave them birth. Soldiers of the Yakuza defend them. Hackers, data pirates, low-tech media rebels are the enemy, burrow- burrowing like rats in the walls of cyberspace. <laughs> I love it. 
A, a new plague convulses the cities. Nerve attenuation syndrome, incurable, fatal, epidemic, bringing fear and misery as old as the species itself. Nice. Oh, yeah. But the most precious data is sometimes entrusted to elite private agents, wet-wired to function as human data banks, mnemonic couriers. So, a little simpler. So... Uh, I liked both of those. There are so many things I love about this movie. Um, I love... Uh, like I said, it's so 90s. I love the the tech in the movie because mm-hmm. it's so hilarious that we're it's almost <laughs> we're almost at 20 years from that, right? Yeah. And so we are what we're seven years away from the date. Seven that years the away from the, the internet 2021 yeah. is. <laughs> and so that there's so many hilarious things in this movie. Like the technology that they predicted is hilarious, and it's funny to see you know, how they thought the future was going to be. Um, there's actually, I'm just going to quickly drop this in here. There's a, uh, an amazing blog called uh, Paleo Future, P-A-L-E-O Future. And what it is, is it's a, uh, a comprehensive database of things in the past and what they predicted the future to be like. So to be like, uh, you know, a, a magazine from the 1950s that said what the future was going to be like in the year 2000. Nice. It's so funny to see, you know, what they predicted. And I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna post this blog in yeah. the, uh, in the group. The, the, the thing that was big. The reason I mentioned it is the thing that was big in the '90s in this kind of stuff was uh, video conferencing. Like that was supposed to be like <laughs> the future, right? Like they predicted everyone was gonna like, like everything was gonna have a fucking camera on it. And, you know, your refrigerator, you can call somebody and video chat. You know, which <laughs> is funny because. That's something that we can totally do today. Like we've been able to do that for like the past ten years, but nobody does it. You know, <laughs> we just like, take it. We, we take we, it for granted. Right now, we could be video chatting while we're doing this, right. but we're not. You know, because you know I'm <laughs> naked and whatever. So right. uh, the best but, way to podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that's I, uh, I remember the beginning when he's at the hotel and he he calls <laughs> Udo Kier, like he modem <laughs> dials him from the hotel, which by the way is like an old. Uh, tube television, you know, oh, no. that he's punching the through internet, it. The internet is so amazing. It's the internet in 2021 is three dimensional, but the TV screens are still fucking tiny little squares. Exactly. And he calls them and they do a video chat. And it's like, no one fucking <laughs> does that today, you know? Um, uh, the memory in his head, you know, he's got to carry a uh, massive 320 gigabytes of data. <laughs> no, you know? no, no. He. He well, he's only supposed to carry 160. Yes, yes. So one different one difference I saw. So there's a scene in this movie where he, when he's going to pick up this data, he's getting paid to transfer data. That's it's not safe to just fax it. They're actually using fax machines. They use faxes. That was the hilarious thing. They use fucking I don't know. Faxes. Why didn't they say email? Like they can't email anything. <laughs> Jesus. Email was around in 1995. Um, but uh, they. Um, so he needs to. He needs to upgrade his head storage. And now they don't show it in the American one. Apparently, this is a difference in it that I was reading that they show in the Japanese one, they show the guy that gives him the thing to upgrade his memory. Um, and he's not like, it's not, not a good thing that he only gives him enough to upgrade to 160 gigs, um, which is. If I saw this movie in 95, I would have thought, holy shit, 160 gigs. That's well, that a lot. was funny. Yeah, that's the thing is it shows, you know, how fucking far technology advanced because, you know, people had 80 megabyte hard drives back then. Yeah, I remember in 90, let's see, it would have been, 
I started uh, college in 95, so it would have been in 96. I got a computer that had a one-gig hard drive, and I thought, holy shit, I will never need space again. you're never going to run out of space, you know? <laughs> Think of all the porn JPEGs you can you can have on yeah. a, a one-gigabyte. All the real media porn. Exactly. <laughs> Gunner. Exactly. <laughs> uh... But yeah, so he yeah he he upgrades while in the elevator to go get it to 160 gigs with the warning that okay don't don't fill your head up more than 160 gigs worth because it's not it's not it's not healthy and he has to pick up but he ends up having to pick up 320 gigs yeah and it like takes his memories that's the that's the problem is he loses his memories and so he wants to get his memories back and he's got to do one last job to be able to get his uh, memories back uh, he wants that thing out of his head the data bank yeah and of course the shit is on like a mini disc again like you said from the last movie the fucking mini discs you know <laughs> um and then of course the internet the fucking internet in this movie is hilarious it's like <laughs> 3D virtual reality. He's like navigating because this is right when that virtual reality shit came out, where they put on the big headsets right. and stuff. And that was supposed to be like the next thing. It's like this virtual reality. And so the internet, <laughs> you know, he's like he's like literally grabbing things out of the air, opening and boxes internet, you know? and unsolving puzzles yeah. to get through locks and exactly. stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was hilarious, and I love that shit. <laughs> I, that I like shit when up. he actually got uploaded the data and he always says hit me and yeah. uh but he puts this mouthpiece in and he's like he's gritting <laughs> his teeth and um i i have to say as silly as some of the technology is their data transfer rate in 2021 is amazing they do oh, yeah. they do th- they do 320 gigs in like 30 seconds it's so. gotta be like a firewire or something it was faster quick. than that that's super fast yeah uh <laughs> so and yeah one of this movie is great um Ice T out of nowhere, uh, Udo Kier out of nowhere. So Dolph Lundgren really out of nowhere. Oh yeah, that was hilarious. Um, yeah, there was a lot of differences from the um, from the book or the short story. Uh, the short okay. story, um, Dina Meyer's character was actually this character named uh, Molly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they changed her name to Jane because someone had already apparently bought the rights to that character. But she's uh, one of basically the main character of this short story, and she's in uh, Neuromancer, which is Gibson's like magnum opus, like the the, the novel that spawned cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. And so she is in that. She's in a bunch of different ones. So she was kind of downplayed in this movie, but uh, she's really supposed to be the the main character. So the. Um... And yeah, she so that the character Jane has um she, a lot of people are doing this now where they get these some sort of implants that basically makes them not superhuman but a lot faster, stronger, that sort of thing. Yeah, she's what's um, called a racer girl. That's the that the cyberpunk term is a racer okay. girl, which is like a girl who gets like herself outfitted with implants for various jobs. Usually, yeah, and and, and, you know. and she wants a job. When we're introduced to her, she wants a job with uh, Udo's. And what was his? I don't even remember his name in the movie. Um, but they, because he had a weird name like Ralphie, but spelled weird or something yes, like that. But Ralphie, he he, um, she wanted in on his gang. Wanted to be one of his bodyguards, but she had the work she had had done apparently was kind of 
it was on the street, not professional. She was too so, jacked up, baby. And she was actually, is it a spoiler to say what was wrong with her? Yeah, I won't say what was wrong with her, but um, she wasn't healthy. I'll just say that. Um, and uh, but, and he could see it immediately, um, Udo Kier being he. Um, but uh, that's how she's introduced. And they kind of, her and uh, and Keanu Reeves, who, see, I've forgotten everybody's name. He's Johnny. Johnny. So, but they call him <laughs> mnemonic, but I don't, they, that's the name they give him on IMDb, but that was not his, his name mnemonic was just Johnny. His name. He was, was a Johnny, mnemonic right? courier. So that's the, his job right. title was mnemonic yeah, yeah, yeah. courier. And, um, so the, the data that re, uh, that, uh, that Johnny is given, um, you know, he, he doesn't know what it is, and when he's uploaded it, they put basically a lock on it by flashing three images, and he they you can't get the data back out of that data bank in his head without flashing those images again. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a I guess a lock, but uh, well, they had to he, fax those. So right, that's the, that's the thing they faxed. They had to fax the key to Newark, New Jersey. Now he's in freaking like beijing yeah like they're, they're like world travelers there's you know you have you have beijing you have these big cities and for some reason newark new jersey is the center of the whole movie <laughs> uh, that, that one's weird to me like why wasn't it just part of new york or something but i don't know maybe they had and to... the whole thing was filmed in canada too i really yeah well, why even say newark you know it's like, <laughs> why not just make it, it toronto you know yeah, or montreal toronto. do it in fucking toronto <laughs> <laughs> newark um but i guess they needed that bridge because that bridge yeah. leading from Newark. Um, anyway, uh, sorry, I was interrupting. Go ahead. Oh, no, I mean, uh, that whole... Uh, I mean, there's a lot of differences from the book. Like, the uh, that whole nerve attenuation syndrome is not in the book at all. Mm-hmm. And it's really just about, like, a guy who's a data courier and corporations are after him and everything. So was, I don't know really why they, they, they put that in there, you know? Like, they had to sort of, like low-tech guys versus the the bad big pharma companies or whatever is the, yeah. you know yeah that's true that uh, um, I wonder why because that that element of it doesn't really add much much tension to the movie at all like they you know they talk about this disease but really besides one really uh, issue with it at one point in the movie it's really just mentioned after that they don't really it's not it's not a threat at all it doesn't seem yeah and it seems like it's more like the disease seems like you're just surrounding yourself with electronics at all times and you're an asshole. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, one of the things that I just love about this movie is the look. I think it looks so great. I love the shots of like uh, Beijing. I love the, the makeup that everyone's wearing. You know, there's like some cool miniature makeup. work in it. I know it's a budget budget constraint, but some of the miniature work look very like. 90s Godzilla. I thought it was pretty yeah, cool. It was cool. Um, so we're going to talk. Sorry, say that Dolph. again. You cut off a little bit. He gets brought in. Are we going oh, to talk about Dolph? Dolph gets brought yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the the so the Yakuza gets um, gets hired on to they they get word that this data is leaking from the pharmaceutical company. These guys have basically gone rogue and they're trying to get this data to somebody else. Keanu's carrying it. Um, he narrowly escapes after doing Tai Chi in the, uh, in the, uh, bathroom with a bloody nose. <laughs> he, he has to concentrate because he has 320 gigs of data in his head. Um, concentrate not to throw up or die, but, um, 
he, uh, you know, he narrowly escapes that. So basically, the Yakuza are in to try to get this data, and the thing is, they don't need him alive. All they need is his head, so they can extract this data from it. So, um, I think it's funny that the Yakuza are like the the. <laughs> like, I wonder what of all the thing of all the groups of thugs they could have chosen. Why it was that? I guess because they dress nicely. I don't know. I think it's there's a in cyberpunk. There's this sort of obsession with Japan and Asian culture, you know, uh, okay. with uh, Blade Runner and such. So I'm guessing that uh, William Gibson probably just used that Yakuza. Oh, in so his, the Yakuza uh, are in the book too. Then yeah, yeah. So um, uh, Keanu Reeves looks like he's from Men in Black. He wears this like nice skinny tie. It's way too big for him. That suit looks so big on him. Yeah, he it's uh, but and his hair is near flawless, but he's got these like he needs more sideburns. Like for some reason, he's got it's like perfectly straight back from his eyes straight across his ears. So, but um, this is his so, first movie after Speed, so he had just gotten big with Speed, and then he did and, this movie. So, and then The Matrix soon after. That was like four four years. Yeah, so nineteen ninety eight or nine. That one came yeah. out. So, um. Oh, and the, another tie back to Catherine Bigelow, him being in Point Point Break, right? Exactly. Um, so <clears throat> the Yakuza keep trying to snag him and keep failing. The first time due to interference by Ice-T. Um, what was his name in the movie? J-Bone. Uh, <laughs> he wears these... He doesn't ever use them, but he wears VR goggles on top of his head, and he, he's got dreadlocks coming out, like sprouting out of the top of that. You know what he looks like? I just realized he looks like uh, he looks like uh, the guy from Battlefield Earth, John Travolta, with all the like <laughs> Yes, he does. Shit. But John Travolta in Battlefield Earth never said, "Shit, it's the Yakuza." <laughs> um, I can. I, I love that in my life. I've now heard Ice T exclaim, "Shit, it's the Yakuza," um, but. The, Yak- the Yakuza keep failing repeatedly. They have this one uh, assassin who has this really cool uh, weapon. It's this thing in his thumb. It looks, I mean, he, it looks like he's just something placed over his thumb with a long thumbnail on it. But it, he, when he pulls it out, it's like this laser rope. Yeah. Um, not quite wire. a lightsaber because it's like, a, I mean, it's, a, it's actually a rope. But he can swing it around. And like basically just like sever things in half, or he'll like come up <laughs> behind a dude like the, I don't know, garrote is that what that thing is called? I when guess. You choke somebody. Yeah, like a piano wire, like a. Yeah, suit. except he doesn't choke them; it just fucking cuts their head off, which you actually get to see, <laughs> which is pretty cool. The guy's head just rolls right off. That weapon was pretty awesome, though. But for some, whatever reason, this guy just keeps bumbling. And at first, I thought he was the doctor. So I was like, when he starts being a badass, I'm like, I don't know what the hell is this guy supposed to be. <laughs> um. But uh, after they keep failing, you have, uh, when I was saying that Takeshi Kitano plays kind of, uh, his name in the movie is Takahashi, and he is uh, the head of the Yakuza dealing with this corporation that has hired them to get this data back. Um, Now, I know a difference. Have you seen the Japanese cut of this movie? No. Okay, there's there's some scenes added in that made me think of Minority Report that I like I said I haven't seen the American one so I don't know how much of it it was in there but I did read read that it was a difference. There's some scenes of him he'll sit at his desk and he watches old like virtual reality movies of his daughter who has died. Uh huh. Um, he just sits there in silence and watches his little girl like playing with stuffed animals. He'll sit in her old room or whatever, and then somebody will interrupt him, and he's all you know. He'll be pissed off after that. There's another scene where he like kills two dudes with a katana that they cut out too. 
Mm-hmm. But um, he's very as as Takeshi Kitano often is. He's very like stone faced and not doesn't display too much emotion. He does it a little bit at the end of the movie, but um, he gets sick of his uh, the guy with the cyber thumb. Uh, failing, so he gives um, Street Preacher a call. Oh yeah, <laughs> Street Preacher. Uh, what did, you want to tell us about Dolph? <laughs> uh, he's amazing. He's a cybernetic <laughs> uh, street preacher who is unstoppable. So oh, that's basically the best way to describe him. He's he just looks ridiculous. like Jesus. Yeah, he's got yeah. super long hair, super long beard. He wears robes and carries a cane like fucking Moses. This. Uh, um, well, this was uh, Dolph's last theatrical film before The Expendables, so he oh, was Dolph. not <laughs> he was not in a single other film that came out in theaters until The Expendables. After this, <laughs> so. wow. Um, and apparently, there's some stuff added in the Japanese cut with him because he apparently he yells a lot more in the Japanese cut. <laughs> oh damn! Why would you miss out on that? I don't know why they would remove to- that. It's on it's on the magical site. So if you're yes. a member there, I'd recommend it. Okay. Um, but unfortunately, whoever did it cut it up into two parts. So they have to be. Yeah. Who does that? Come on. <laughs> um, but he uh, he doesn't really have any special weapons. But his his forte is like he'll stab people's palms like Jesus on the cross. And, um, but he's an assassin. He's got this really fucking cool knife. His gimmick is this knife. And, uh, he's like, do you need, like, what was the line? Um, do you need someone brought to Jesus or just brought back to you? And it's showing him on the video chat at first. And he's holding what looks to be a crucifix and it shows him. And the crucifix is actually this giant fucking knife (laughs) underneath. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but he is just, I, he goes for it, man. Where Keanu is, Keanu's pretty wooden. Dolph is having f- some fun in this. I don't know if he knew this was going to be his last. <laughs> I don't know. I, he went all in. His fucking his Bible uh, when he's up on the pulpit actually has a little cutout hole in it for his video chat screen, <laughs> <laughs> and he yells like halt sinners and stuff like that. But, um. So he gets on the track, and like, so you get him involved as, and then. Um, the, I don't know. It's kind of weird. They seem to kind of forget about him sometimes. <laughs> He's just kind of <laughs> tracking, and I think uh, I think Takahashi gets sick of him too. So, but um, and we didn't talk too much about Henry Rollins. Henry Rollins gets a chance, of course, to uh, yell a certain uh, <laughs> uh, complaint about people using technology too much, even though that's how he makes his livelihood. So, whatever. Um, but for some reason, he's a Genius, former doctor slash philanthropist slash hacker slash. Of course, of course, yes. Yeah, and uh, he wears the exact same T-shirt he always wears. The only thing different about Henry Rollins that makes him a doctor or that makes him look smart is that he wears these giant glasses. Well, he had that. He's able, I think he had a lab coat on at one point, but I'm not sure. But you know, you got to with the, the yeah with the with the tight T-shirt underneath. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh. I like the dolphin. The dolphin, is my which parts. I was happy to read that that was actually in the short story too. Yes, the dolphin's but pretty random. In the short story, the dolphin was actually addicted to heroin. So <laughs> I'm not kidding. They don't say, they don't say what it is he's addicted to in this yes. one. He just keeps getting injected with something that he's makes a, him think yes. he's still swimming. He's addicted to heroin, and they pay him off to. Uh, <laughs> well, for those of you who don't know, they they go and they eventually find this dolphin who is trained by the navy. 
to uh, help remove the data from from Johnny's head. And in the short story, the dolphin's addicted to heroin because the Navy <laughs> gave him heroin for some reason. And they, they keep coming back. Yeah. And so they, they pay him off by giving him a, like a dime bag of heroin or something. Like they, they give him heroin. Like, okay, get this data out of his head now. A dolphin so, would need some pretty close friends because they can't inject, inject themselves with heroin. They need to exactly. trust somebody. And where do you inject it? Like in the tail or like the fin or something? I don't even know where you get it. I don't know. Yeah, that. in the movie, he just sticks it right in his side. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, the there there's a really funny um, physical, wooden physical acting scene that Keanu does. <clears throat> uh, it's right. It's kind of a gunfight. But... Um, it makes me laugh, unlike the Chuck Norris wooden acting, because he does it in such earnest. He fires this gun, and then he runs out of ammo, and then he dramatically like turns the gun. He's like, Ugh, and looks at it, and then he dramatically tosses it away. <laughs> and, it's, and it's amazing that he could do it without any emotion whatsoever, even though he's trying so hard. Um, and that one made me really laugh. And there's another moment with him and uh, Henry Rollins having this uh, dramatic conversation and the camera work it, <laughs> it keeps like zooming in like really fast on each of their faces as they yell at each other which I thought was pretty funny these constant like pans around their head and zooms even though it had nothing like it added nothing to the conversation at all but um but yeah the uh this, this is a this is a fun one I, <laughs> yeah, I was he uh, got he got a golden raspberry yeah did he really he got a golden raspberry for the, yeah yeah so uh I mean, he's he's got some great lines. He's got some great lines uh, in the Let's movie. I'm looking through his can... quotes now on IMDb, and there's some good ones. I see through Henry Rollins' band. I can't. Oh, there's the quotes. Come to Jesus. That's the first one I see. <laughs> Johnny Mnemonic. If I if I fall, you don't get the head, right? If you lose the head, you're exactly. fucked. I hear, here, guy doesn't, yeah. Here's my favorite line from uh, Johnny. Listen, you listen to me. You see that city over there? That's where I'm supposed to be. Not down here with the dogs and the garbage and the fucking last month's newspapers blowing back and forth. I've had <laughs> them. I've oh, had no. it with you. I've had it with all this. I want room service. I want the club sandwich. I want them cold Mexican beer. I want a $10,000 a night hooker. I want my shirts laundered like they do at the Imperial Hotel in Tokyo. That's and then he has a little scene. bitch fit, and he sits back. It sits exactly. down on a big pile of rubble. Exactly. Um, so this one was pretty cool. We can get to our ratings here because I don't know if we we, we don't want to spoil it too much. So uh, wh- what would you rate this one? Uh, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's it's a, not a great movie, but no. I enjoyed it. So I don't know, seven, whatever. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I give it a seven and a half. Yeah, I, yeah. you know, it's got its shortcomings, but yeah. it's it's a nice pacey movie. Even the Japanese cut that's longer, nice pacey movie. It's 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 ridiculous. You'll laugh a lot, but probably not intentional laughs. But it's 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 fun. I mean, what um, I was thinking about is how much more dated it looks than Strange Days, even though they came out like the same year i feel like strange days looks a lot newer like it just looks a lot slicker yeah and what was that like, what was that like the transformers beast wars it has graphics like that in exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, reality but, I, th- I imagine the, the, the budget of the two movies is was far far different which had something surely to do with the uh the look of it yeah, twenty six million versus forty two million. Yeah, there you go. Forty two. So, and how much did this one make though? Fifty two million in the box. Yeah, <laughs> so it recouped. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> cool. Um, so I guess we can uh, actually we we can go ahead and wrap up here because you assholes didn't give us feed sack even though I asked for it ten minutes ago. Um, that's all right. Um, but you can always send us feed sacks to two zero six three three nine sixteen hundred or silvergoldpodcast at gmail.com and find our show on iTunes and Stitcher and uh, our website at silvergold.com and join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash silvergold. I've gotten to where I don't even have to, like, I used to have to look at that, all stuff, and now it just kind of happens in order. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If somebody asks me the phone number, it might take me a second, but if I say it in that order, I could get it. But um, thank you very much for... Uh, for helping out this week. No really problem. Appreciate it. Um, we'll have to get you to pick some more at some point. Just no oh, more, yes. uh, no more Filipino basketball or whatever <laughs> that was. Um, these were fun though. I'm glad I, I'm glad I finally saw these. So cool. Uh, the, I don't know what we're going to do next week yet. Um, I still, I saw Snowpiercer. When the fuck were you doing Snowpiercer? I saw that movie. Yeah, we need to get that <laughs> set back up. So how did you like Snowpiercer? Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I mean, we can talk about it at length at some point, but uh, you know yeah. it had its interesting shortcomings. But yeah, uh, yeah. it was good for. I, I really like independently produced sci-fi, like sci-fi mm-hmm. that you know doesn't get. It's not a big budget sci-fi, like lo, low budget sci-fi, and so I enjoyed it for that reason. So awesome. Um, and uh, did you get to go see Guardians of the Galaxy yet? No. You fucking, did you see it? I saw it. La- I saw it after work last week. Oh wait, what the fuck? Are we gonna see Expendables? Because we see all the Arnold movies. I guess that's not technically an Arnold movie. Uh, Expendables three though, didn't that come out yesterday? It came out yesterday. Um, when do you want to go see it? I don't know. Whenever, man. Hey, okay. My wife's out of town in Toronto, so we'll figure it I out. Have shit to do. So. Sweet. I gotta work tomorrow, but we'll figure it out soon. All right. And, um, Cool. Uh, maybe we'll have a little mini review of Expendables 3 next week on the show. Sly, are you listening? Anyway, um, I guess that's it for us this week. Until next time, this is Loaf Oot. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Lame.